0: You know, sometimes these really busy spots in the national parks, it's like, Ugh, I don't even want to try to fight through crowds and stuff. But mm-hmm. there's always a reason that they're as popular as they are. And Shark Valley, for me, was the highlight. It was like, I know, like, we had to try to get parking and, you know, you have to wait in line and the gate was closed. And anyway, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that go into visiting Shark Valley, mm-hmm. but it was 150% worth it. This is the Exploring the National Parks podcast with Dirt in My Shoes. My name is Ash, and I'm a former park ranger and the founder of Dirt in My Shoes. I think that the parks are best seen from the trail, and I'm here to make national park trip planning easy.
1: And I'm John. I carry the kids on the trails, I tell stories, and notice all the things that Ash doesn't care about much, like rocks.
0: Join us as we show you around America's spectacular national parks.
1: We're sharing our favorite places, fun facts, adventures, and misadventures.
0: And we'll even throw in a little trip planning.
1: Let's start exploring. Hey everybody, today we're talking about the Everglades. I'm so excited to be here with Ash. We're talking about some fun Everglades adventures
0: i'm so excited for this we have some fun stories that I know. we want to share this. i love this place
1: so many great things like if you're listening tuning in you know this is a great place to visit some really unique adventures you can have in the everglades and we wanted to share a few of our favorites maybe something that you could find time on your vacation if, if it's something that sounds interesting to you
0: yep and misadventures as well misadventures so. for sure Things that have gone wrong, uh, things that did not go according to plan, things that I would not do again. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, let's jump right in and get started talking about our favorite stories from the Everglades. Sure.
1: What would you say is, well, I don't know if we're doing these in order of rankings, but what's your first story that you wanted to, that you that came to mind when we were talking about the Everglades?
0: Well, the first thing I thought of, and this is not a story, but this is just, it took us a long time to even visit the Everglades. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to mention this because typically, like, I don't like to say I have a favorite, least favorite park. You know, I don't like to rank them. Right. But Everglades was so low on my (laughs) list. (laughs) Uh I had no desire to visit the Everglades. Right. And so we didn't. We didn't for a really long time.
1: No, I think our favorite winter park was always Death Valley.
0: Yeah, and I love Death Valley. I love Death Valley so much. Mm -hmm. But we found another great winter park to visit. But I did just want to mention, you know, I think sometimes you... Think that you should like them all, or you know, you need to be excited about everything. Mm -hmm. And Everglades was not that way for me at all. I kept getting people like emailing me, being like, When are you gonna post stuff about the Everglades? I'm like, (laughs) Never, (laughs) never will I ever.
1: (laughs) It's so far away, you know. (laughs) Well, and I don't, so
0: I don't do well in humidity. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I don't like the heat. I get really grumpy when it's hot outside. (laughs) Uh um, no no <laughs> yeah well you know I've gotten worse over the years too I feel like 70 degrees is like my limit now uh-huh. <laughs> but um yeah so it was that plus just so I lived in Hawaii for a little while and I know that places that stay warmer get more bugs and bigger bugs mm-hmm. and so that was a part of just not wanting to go to the Everglades like mm-hmm. I just don't want to deal with the bugs and I hate bugs right. so well, much. When you
1: think that the Everglades is a giant swamp, you know, with the mosquitoes, you know, the size of little tiny kid dump trucks, you know, it's just it doesn't seem appealing to visit.
0: Yeah. Like it just never, it never was anywhere that I was excited about. Right. So I did want to mention that and also that I was totally wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and almost from the moment that we got to the Everglades, I realized my mistake Yeah. That it was awesome. Like from the get-go, we saw an alligator on the Anhinga Trail. Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh my gosh, this place is so cool.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was so much fun from the beginning. And our expectations were completely shattered when we got there. And it was just so much fun exploring a place that we thought that we understood, but really didn't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I do recommend just even if there's parks... On your list that you know, it's like, well, it's a national park, so I I need to go there mm-hmm. eventually. Now, sometimes those can be the most surprising. Yes, the ones that you're you don't have high expectations for. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's the solution to happiness, right? Low expectations, and uh, <laughs> then then things will surprise you. That's why our marriage is so good. <laughs> why she married me low expectations Uh, and I've really turned out
0: yeah yeah who knew (laughs) who knew life could be so good (laughs) so okay that's just the first thing I wanted to say about the Everglades now we can jump into real stories okay so what's something you want to share
1: okay so I feel like we should get started with the big one and I feel like the big one we've talked about it on a few other episodes but like the one thing that I knew I wanted to see when I was going to the Everglades was alligators and crocodiles. And so Shark Valley literally was my favorite adventure on like the whole, like, I knew that's what I wanted. I wanted to go there. I wanted to do it. But the tram experience was so much different, so much better than I thought it would be. I feel like we ramped it up really big, like for the kids. And then... We got there really early, you know, because we were trying to beat traffic because it's a pretty busy spot. And then we get there, we jump on the tram and like we didn't see any alligators. <laughs> because <laughs> they that. take you on like the the total wrong direction to see alligators for the first half of the tram ride. I don't know. I thought that was super funny.
0: Yeah. In well, reflection. I mean, we, we talked about that in a previous episode where it's like, why did we start here? <laughs> <laughs> so we'd be excited about the one alligator on this side and, you know, not be excited about the 80 alligators exactly at the like, end.
1: So the, the tram, it takes you out to the Shark Valley Observation Tower and it's a circle basically. So it's a loop and they take you the left loop first and then they bring you back on this main road where there's a lot of bikers. Well, for the whole first loop it was pretty early in the morning and so we're just shivering listening to the person talk about wood storks you know we're stopping for wood storks and i was like i was promised alligators <laughs> why did i get up so early with the kids to come out here freeze my butt off look at a bunch of grass and see some birds that i can see basically at home you know <laughs> That was my expectation that for the first not, half of the of the Shark Valley tram ride.
0: That doesn't sound like you. That sounds like me. Yeah. That well, that's sounds true. like something I would whine about. <laughs> so I'm glad you admitted that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes.
0: You're humanizing yourself a little bit there.
1: Yeah, a little bit. So but but then on the second half, that's when well, first of all, when we get to the Shark Valley observation tower, there's a bunch of alligators that live there, and so we were just like, Wow, this is the best. You know, pointing everything out to the kids and, you know, making them hike up to the top of the tower. And then, you know, then we see a bunch of alligators on the way back. You know, it was pretty darn awesome.
0: It was amazing. Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes these really busy spots in the national parks, it's like, I don't even want to try to fight through crowds and stuff. But Mm -hmm. there's always a reason that they're as popular as they are. And Shark Valley, for me, was the highlight. I was like, I know, like, we had to... Try to get parking and, you know, you have to wait in line and the gate was closed. And anyway, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that go into visiting Shark Valley, Mm -hmm. but it was 150% worth it.
1: Oh, yeah. It was amazing. And seeing the alligators at Shark Valley was kind of like how seeing bears up in jasper national park in canada is you know where you're so excited to see bears and so the first time you see a bear you pull the car over and you spend like 20 minutes just watching it graze on berries kind of a thing but then as you keep driving you realize when you're in jasper there's a bear every five miles and so eventually (laughs) you just stop you know stopping and your kids are like no longer looking out the window and they're just coloring on their books and you're just like no longer it's no longer a big deal because you've seen so many bears and it kind of gets that way on this tram ride because it's just alligator after alligator after alligator it's like they've set up like their little territories and they're every like 50 meters it's kind of crazy so you see one that often
0: yeah but i never got to the point where i was like i don't want to see another alligator
1: yeah, it's true. It's not like I didn't want to see yeah, them. Yeah,
0: like I was excited for every single one, but the tram driver mm-hmm. was not. <laughs> He's probably seen a million. Alligators in his lifetime, and he did mm-hmm. not want to stop for all of those alligators. Right. So. Well, he's
1: like a guy in one of those old movies at the train station. He's like, We got to keep this thing moving. Yeah. You know, we got a train to Bristol, you know, at three o'clock, or I don't know where Bristol is before that came up. But yeah, it's that they just they have another tram, they got to get going. And so they just keep moving past all the alligators.
0: Yeah. Well, and so we have young kids, and we didn't take our bikes to the Everglades.
1: Right, because they're uh, perfect bite-sized morsels for some of these <laughs> crocs. It's, and well, They and roll our, off their bike right into a mouth.
0: And our younger son doesn't know how to ride a bike. He just barely, barely learned. Right. And so we didn't bike through Shark Valley, but I think that's what I'd do next time. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth taking the tram, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you can't bike, because it's like 12 miles. Yeah, it's mean, a
1: pretty long distance.
0: Yeah, it's not short. So, you know, to do that... Do the tram ride because it's totally worth it. Mm -hmm. But then when we go back now that our kids are older, we'll bike it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because then you can just go on the cool part of the loop in the first place. See all of the cool alligators. And, you know, you can take your time. If you see one that has babies, you can stop, you know, take some really cool pictures and just take it a leisurely, a leisurely bike ride. That would be a blast.
0: Yeah, so okay. So I want to talk about something else that was also like really high on the to-do list. Okay. And that's the airboat rides.
1: Yes, those are so cool.
0: Are they though?
1: Well, okay, this is this is why they're so cool. It's because they're so iconic. I loved the airboat tour even though it wasn't as fun as I kind of thought it would be. So, let's set the setting up a little bit. So, the airboat tours in the Everglades are kind of restricted to a very specific section of the park. Like they don't just have free reign and they can go anywhere in the park because even though they're designed to do less damage than any other form of transportation kind of in the park, you know, in terms of like getting places fast, they're still pretty restricted and they kind of have their setup routes. And so as you, you'll get in your airboat, you know, you'll be sitting in an airboat probably with like 20 other people or something like that right and then they take you out into the everglades but they pretty much know uh, they have a perfect exact route that they go on for every tour and so it's not like a four-wheeling adventure you know on an airboat they take you out they bring you back in you see a few things but you don't see nearly as many alligators as you will like if you have a good day on the anhinga trail or on shark valley not even close but it's just so iconic you know it's like getting a philly cheesesteak sandwich in philadelphia you know you go on an airboat tour when you're in the everglades
0: yeah i mean i totally understand that and and it was fun mm-hmm. it was fun i think for me it was too short we didn't like we saw like one alligator which is fine. It's super loud. So they give you Mm earplugs. So you can't really talk to anyone or anything, you know, you're just like whizzing through. And yes, like I do think you should do it for sure. Right. If you've never done it, you should do it. Uh, Make sure though there's like certain companies that are authorized to operate in Everglades National Park. Mm -hmm. And you'll want to sign up with one of those companies because of the environmental influence uh, and problems that they can cause right with the airboats. so just keep that in mind but i think for me so the reason that i bring up the airboats, yes they are super iconic and they're really fun and that's what everybody wants to do in the everglades mm-hmm. but the reason that i bring them up is because and maybe this is why like i wasn't super excited about them because i had been reading about how many people get injured <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Injuries on the airboats?
0: Injuries and deaths on the airboats. Seriously? Yeah, for sure. I didn't know that. So, yeah. um I feel because... like these are
1: Darwin Award winners, <laughs> if you know what I'm talking no, about.
0: No, <laughs> I mean, no. It, so, there's not a lot of regulation, or at least for a long time, there was not a lot of regulation in the airboat industry. And uh-huh. so, they kept having accidents. Oh. And, and it would topple over. Right. You know, and people would, and it's not like the water there is like super deep or anything, but like people have died on the airboats. And so mm-hmm. I like freaked myself out. <laughs> And so the whole time I was sitting there and it was like, it felt like way faster than I was thinking it was going to be. Yeah, they're
1: cruising on that thing.
0: and the only thing that I could think of was like, I'm going to die today. I think I'm going (laughs) to die on this airboat today.
1: It's like a Mission Impossible movie when the helicopter like turns to the side and the fan just like creates a giant explosion. Because that's kind of what you pictured happening I mean, I just
0: like, so yeah, I just got in my head. That's, you know, that's part of the problem of like, Doing too much research. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because as I was like researching for airboat stuff before our first trip, I just, I didn't realize, first of all, that they're extremely controversial in the area. Mm -hmm. Some people just want to get rid of them completely. And they are really loud and they do disturb the environment. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's why... There's only certain places that they're allowed to go now, right? uh, which is great. But like anyway, so they're controversial. And like all of them were saying like, you know, well, yeah, the environment, but also people die. You know, (laughs) I'm just (laughs) like, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I want to go on this. And so I totally like got in my head and freaked myself out. And I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I should have Uh just because I was like,
1: you were freaked out the whole time. I didn't know that. You never well, shared that with me?
0: We couldn't talk because it was so loud.
1: <laughs> it's true. We were wearing those earmuffs. Uh, yeah, that and was I was trying bad.
0: to be brave. Mm-hmm. Like, I totally believe, like, I can get into my head so much. Right. And that's something, you know, probably as this podcast keeps going, people will start to notice about me. <laughs> I do. I get into my head. I freak myself out. I'm naturally a worrier. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying not to be worried. Like I was, I knew that I was being uh, a little bit ridiculous. (laughs) And so that's why I didn't mention it to anybody because I was like, nope, I'm going to get over this. Like Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this. But yeah, I I did have some extra anxiety pretty much the whole airboat right oh my gosh that's i was so funny go- i was pretty glad when I it was didn't over know
1: that. <laughs> i think you were sitting next to our youngest and just holding on to him yes you know, and i just now i know why you were holding so tight cuz yeah. you were thinking that your child was going to get flung out of the airboat you know <laughs> <laughs> which which i mean yeah, I guess there were accidents. I didn't know that happened. I felt totally safe, everyone listening. It was just fine for me.
0: It was, I mean, it did feel safe. That's what I'm saying. Like, I just, I totally get into my head. Right. And here's the other thing, too. And something else that I thought was really funny about our first trip to the Everglades. We had gone to Disney World first. Mm-hmm. So we spent like, I think we spent like three days at Disney World and then we went down to the Everglades. And when we were at Disney World, our kids like we went like on the jungle cruise and stuff like that and our kids are like mom is that real you know like (laughs) i felt like they kept asking us you know while we're in disney world things that they were seeing like is that real Mm -hmm. and then we get down to the everglades and they were like doing the same thing Uh uh-huh whereas like we see an alligator and they're like is that real? Like, they're all confused that, <laughs> you know, their reality has been shifted uh-huh. because they've seen all these fake things in Disney.
1: Right. And <laughs> they haven't been afraid of anything. And so they're bringing that same attitude to the Everglades where things are real.
0: Yeah. Well, and then it made the experience in the Everglades more fun for me mm-hmm. because I realized like, I love being somewhere that's like, not fake right you know like we're having real adventures out here we're doing things with real risks yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> real dangers like that is a real bird that is a real alligator yeah. you know a and real so
1: legit adventure
0: yeah and so for me that made the Everglades even more cool I feel like mm-hmm. but then also and this is why it comes back to like the airboat ride and stuff it was like when I got on that airboat <laughs> and I was like this thing's not on a track <laughs> like it could just do whatever it wants. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> well, and then uh, the guy, the at least I don't know if you call him the pilot or the boat captain because it, it but anyways, he does a few fun maneuvers. Yeah, I didn't in, like
0: those. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was awesome. He was just doing like a couple of donuts basically in his airboat and he likes at least the guy that we had kind of likes to slide, you know, up onto not onto things but like slide towards things he wants to show you to the sideways and it was it was pretty fun but now that i know that you were scared i realized i realized now that it was it was riskier for you than it was for me
0: (laughs) well anyway that's what i kept thinking during the airboat ride i was like this thing's not on a track Mm -hmm. like i I'm feeling my my humanness a little bit here where I was just like, oh, yeah, because I love roller coasters and mm-hmm. I love stuff like that. Like, I don't get scared on those. Right. But for some reason, that first trip to the Everglades, that first airboat ride, I, like, could not get out of my head the mm-hmm. fact that it was not on a track and it was not a roller coaster.
1: Right. Well, it's such a cool contraption, right? The airboat. Uh, so, uh, I don't know, for me it's kind of like a it's a relic of a bygone era. You know, if you ever see like any funny videos from like the early 1900s or like late 1800s where people were like trying to figure out fun, you know, creative ways to transport people you know you've got like that weird bike with a huge one wheel up front and then that teeny tiny one in the back where i saw one where it's like a guy sitting under an umbrella that's going up and down really fast and trying to make him airborne or <laughs> <What>? <laughs> like,
0: when, when do you look at these i don't
1: know what i've i just have <laughs> seen them and there but I, I don't know there's just like i feel like the airboat Somebody was like, okay, hmm, how can we make a canoe faster? You know, (laughs) know. like a bicycle helicopter. (laughs) Let's uh, attach a helicopter to the back of a boat and we'll see what happens. You know, instead of having it in the water, we'll have it in the air. It's a cool contraption. I don't know. I think it's so much fun. I love it. So, an airboat is an actual fun adventure. It's pretty cool. But maybe it's not like you're on an all-day airboat tour adventure in the Everglades because, like I said before, they kind of have a set time frame and a set route, you know. And luckily for me, because I hate spiders, it's well-trodden enough that there's not giant spider webs going into your face while you're going through all the reeds and all the grasses and stuff. So it's great. I loved it. People should do it.
0: People should do it. Hey, just don't read the research on them before you go. (laughs) If you're someone who naturally worries or thinks about all those things, just go and have fun. Don't get in your head because that's something I would definitely change Mm -hmm. if I could. I would have loved to have my first experience on an airboat not be something that scared me. Right. So.
1: (laughs) It's true. It's very true. Plus, some of those airboat places have like their own like... They have a few, not domesticated, but they have a few alligators that you can see up close to. And so it's kind of fun. We enjoyed that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was a fun experience. So I definitely, definitely would do that again. Yeah. Just, you know, get in the proper frame of mind first.
1: Yes, definitely. Okay. One thing that was totally a surprise for me, not my next adventure, was the Nike missile base. Do you remember that
0: one? Yeah, I loved that. That was
1: so interesting and so out of place. You're driving around seeing a bunch of wildlife and a whole big sea and river of grass, basically. And then you realize, oh, there was a military installation right here in the Everglades. Right, <laughs> They built it right after the Cuban Missile Crisis. It was crazy.
0: That's when I realized, like, I don't know if I just, like, didn't look at a map or something. But, like, when we went to the Nike Missile Base and they were talking about Uh, you know, the Cuban Missile Crisis and everything. And I was like thinking to myself, where's Cuba? Uh (laughs) Yeah. It's like I looked at a map and I was like, my gosh, Cuba's right there. I didn't (laughs) realize it was so close to Florida. Mm -hmm. And anyway, so it was just like it was fun to learn something completely new for me. Like, I love history and I love stuff like that, but I don't know a lot. Mm hmm. So I'm always excited to learn, but it's not something that I'm like really knowledgeable about. And so that was really fun. That was a really fun surprise.
1: Okay. So for people who have no idea what we're talking about, to kind of give a little bit of background and maybe a little bit of context. So after World War II and stuff, you know, people realized, okay, we need to figure out a way to defend ourselves against, you know, uh, a bomb being dropped or something like that. And so there was this surface to air missile program that the U.S. instituted and built basically to protect us from someone flying a plane over, you know, one of our cities and dropping a nuclear bomb, basically. And so there were like 300 or something of these little bases spread all throughout the country. And there was one right here in the Everglades. And so they were called the Nike Ajax or the Nike Hercules missiles. And like I said, they were they were medium range anti-aircraft missiles. These specific missiles could go like 87 miles. They could shoot down anything that was kind of within an 87 mile range. And so it was really just protecting South Florida in case something happened, you know, between the Soviets, you know, in Cuba and us. And so it was crazy and they still have a few of those missiles there for you to walk around and see
0: yeah that was really fun that was a big surprise Uh, i really enjoyed learning about that and the volunteers so i love going to places like that because i feel like you get some really cool volunteers Mm -hmm. in those areas and so there are people who don't work for the park service they're not actually park rangers like paid but they volunteer and they are giving their own time because it's like a passion or hobby for them Mm -hmm. and so you just like when you talk to those people you get totally different like they've spent a lot of time Loving this stuff, you know, and <laughs> or so,
1: living it, yeah. Some of these dudes were old, yeah. And they, they were, you could tell, some of them were like could have told us stories, but they were probably confidential or top secret,
0: yeah. So, I love going to places like that when I'm in the national parks, too, because I feel like the volunteers are so cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, the, and this, so this Nike system that they built, it was the most expensive missile system that we've ever had in the United States and the longest lived missile system it was for over 25 years that they had these people there was 140 guys living here with these three missile barns at like a a constant state of readiness for like 25 years that's crazy crazy?
0: yeah (laughs) yeah it really is that was so
1: fun yeah so that was a really cool experience our kids were just like what in the this is a missile (laughs) because you know when you see him watching top gun or something like that on your tv you know you see a missile getting shot from plane to plane and it's like you know the missile is no bigger than your thumb on the tv screen depending on how big your tv is but these are huge it was bigger than a truck And I'm just imagine it shooting through the air. I know. So cool. It was really neat to see it in person and walk around it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. Let's talk about the Gator Grill.
1: Yes. The Gator Grill was so much fun. That is one of the best Everglades experiences.
0: Okay. So (laughs) the Gator Grill is right outside of Homestead. It's like on your way into the park from Homestead. And it's a gator grill <laughs> so they actually they serve up alligator i remember the first time we stopped there and we looked at the menu and i was just like bleh, bleh. Uh-huh. <laughs> like oh, i don't i don't was want to so eat so much of
1: fun i'm pretty adventurous with food like even though like every time we go to olive garden i'm just like i want lasagna but i feel like any other place where i'm not familiar with the food i'm just like give me whatever and i'll eat it okay, it's so, so much fun
0: so we ordered gator nuggets which were super good delicious
1: (laughs) alligator is so good
0: yeah so those were good the thing that threw me and this is where i just like okay i can't do this anymore (laughs) was the frog legs
1: yes frog legs i also did not really enjoy them but i ate them all because i felt like i needed to because i don't know if you ever eat meat and you're just like "Ah, i'm not still hungry but i don't want to let this food go to waste because the frog legs actually look like frog legs you feel bad not eating all the food
0: (laughs) they did they just looked like they just like chopped them right off the frog it still looked like a leg Mm -hmm. i took one look at those and i was like nope nope can't do it and i did try i did try a bite because i didn't want to leave without trying it but it was like super slimy and it was exactly what you would think a frog would be yes
1: yeah i feel like they should not saute the frog legs i think we talked about that they like i think they fried the gator nuggets i feel like they should also fry and like bread the frog legs to give them a little bit less of a squirmy texture
0: Well, okay. <laughs> and do you remember when we came home from that trip? Because my dad is from Florida mm-hmm. and he has a lot of family still in Florida. Uh-huh. So, and we're like backwoods hillbilly florida not like the rich we're just gonna sit on the beach florida
1: right this is the strap your grandma's armchair to the top of your car so that she can drive on you know that's how you <laughs> that's how grandma travels that kind of hillbilly
0: so anyway so we get over we're talking to my dad about the trip and we mentioned that we ate alligator and we ate frog legs mm-hmm. And he was like, "Oh, how were the frog legs?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, they were pretty, like slimy and stuff." And he was just like, "Well, how are they prepared?" <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "I was like, well, I think they were just like sautéed in butter." And he's like, "No, nope, no, nope, no, nope, you can't serve frog legs like that." And he's <laughs> like, "Like he has all this knowledge of like eating frog legs, which he probably does."
1: Oh yeah. Well, apparently the locals, the way you hunt frogs with a tool called a gig and a gig is like a stick that you kind of break one end of it and so you've got the wood split at the very front and then you like wrap a couple of things around it so then you've got like a three-pronged like stick that you can stab into the, (laughs) you know... That's that. That's what you use to catch the frogs.
0: Well, apparently, cause I just thought it was the funniest conversation when we got home and we're talking to my dad, and he's like, "Oh yeah, well, that's not how you prepare them. You know, you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta do this. You gotta do this." And you I'm have like, to "Spritz
1: them with a little bit of lemon." And... <laughs> I'm
0: looking over at him, going, "Who are you? <laughs> like, how many frog legs have you eaten?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, that's what they used to string together on their Christmas tree. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh it was just such a funny conversation but it was a really like it was a really fun experience I loved it even though I didn't love eating especially the frog legs but like I said the alligator was pretty good mm-hmm. It was just like again I was kind of getting in my head about it you know right. like I knew I was eating something that I don't think should be eaten but then I ate it and I was like oh yeah that's really good but it was just like a really fun Everglades experience and we'll have to post we do have a picture of like John holding up the frog legs Mm -hmm. and they look like frog legs (laughs) And so I'll, if I think about it, I'll post that on social media so you can see kind of why I was getting a little squirmy uh-huh. when I was trying to, you know, get myself <laughs> to eat them.
1: Right. If you ever eat frog legs, you have to remember they're kind of like the chocolate frogs in Harry Potter. You know, even though they're cooked, they still have one good jump in them left. Oh you my know. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Not true. <laughs> so good. So though.
0: yeah, but I thought that was that was really fun. And our kids tried them and we still talk about it. So yes. I think that's like that to me is a really good experience if like you keep talking about it even years beyond when it happened. Yeah,
1: definitely. I think that's super cool. That's a great adventure. I think one of the things that I want to share, one of my favorite adventures, has to do with flamingo. The flamingo area of the park is so much fun. When we were down there, that's where you get to see manatees. And I have always wanted to see manatees and they are so fun. Like, I don't know, they're such a foreign creature to me. And they like to chill out in the marina, you know, but they just kind of like, I don't know, they just kind of swim around and you can see them and it's just such a fun adventure. And you know, when you see a whale and you can kind of see like their blowhole go, up in there like that's all that you see generally of the manatees in the marina because the water's pretty murky but you just see like their little noses it's kind of fun yeah (laughs) i loved that
0: yeah we've spent a lot of time just sitting in that (laughs) marina watching manatees (laughs)
1: and as they swim around you you walk around the marina with them it's just so much fun
0: it just blew me away that you could literally drive there park walk down to the water and see wild manatees. Uh-huh.
1: Oh yeah. It was so cool. And you'd think that they were tame or like, you know, they almost seem like birds, you know, where birds like like to hang around parking lots because they know people will feed them. But I mean, what do you feed a manatee? Nobody's feeding the manatees. They just like being around people. They're so cool. And they're so fun and unique.
0: Yeah, I loved that. That was another experience where it was just like, what is this place? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. you're like well, it already has like alligators and crocodiles and like really pretty, beautiful, big pink birds and, you know, mm-hmm. like all this stuff that I just really have never seen before. Yep. And then if you drive all the way down to the end of the park road, you get to Flamingo and like there's manatees. Yeah.
1: They're it just, was just chilling.
0: Like, wh- how? We
1: the- just sat there. We literally just sat on the edge of a dock for like half an hour, just watching a manatee breathe. <laughs> That's all we did for like half an hour. The kids are like, we're like, do you want to leave kids? Want to go do something else? No, no. We're just watching an animal breathe. It was so cool. So magical.
0: Well, and they've been there every time we've gone down there.
1: Yeah. They're pretty consistent. Yeah. They're down there. And, you know, I've kind of, I've found that I'm more passionate about manatees than I realized.
0: (laughs) (laughs) found another thing that's
1: something that i'm more passionate about and i think i'm on kind of a crusade i don't know how far this will take me but i'm on a little bit of a crusade to stop calling manatees sea cows I, oh i think that we should stop doing that you know because i think that i don't know i feel like every kid during their biology class in middle school or high school has seen something on the everglades and they always show like the manatee and You know, it's this plump little thing. And there's like, it's a sea cow. It just wanders around eating grass all day. And I'm like, you know what? That does not get people excited to go see manatees. Nobody wants to see a cow on their vacation, you know, (laughs) especially in South. Nobody wants to go to Florida on their Caribbean vacation and is like, you know what? You know what I'm really missing on this vacation? I wish I could see a cow. Nobody wants to see that.
0: A cow in the sea.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I don't know. It doesn't make it sound cool. You know, like tuna of this chicken of the sea, you know, it doesn't make it cool. And so I think we should stop calling it a sea cow and call. what it actually looks like a whale beaver
0: what (laughs) (laughs) actually when you said that i was like yeah that's pretty cool i want to see one of those (laughs) exactly
1: i mean the face looks more like a walrus but you don't want to call it a walrus beaver that's just too many syllables but a whale beaver really gets the point across you know it's got that giant flappy tail you know it's pretty round but you know it's a whale beaver i feel like that would get people excited you know that well, would pull them away from alligators.
0: The truth is, is that a lot of people love whales.
1: Yeah. And Who's going to go
0: whale? Let's go whale watching. Yeah. Everybody wants to go whale watching.
1: Let's go whale beaver watching.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't have quite the same ring, but I do. I, I appreciate the sentiment. Yeah.
1: But also, I mean, like you call somebody a cow I and mean, that's kind of insulting. You know, I feel like I being has been little, a little bit jabbing the manatee. That's a little bit mean. You know, I don't know. I think it's the reason they call them a cow is because it describes their lifestyle a little bit. You know, they just wander around most of the day, you know, eating all the time. But I feel like that describes most people. <laughs> You know, especially most people like on vacation in Florida, (laughs) you know, (laughs) especially if you go onto the the Key West or if you're going to the theme parks or something like that, you know, especially us included, the food is so good down there. All, everybody in Florida in the time between meals, we're all just doing just enough to justify the next meal, you know? (laughs)
0: I don't think when we go to Everglades and we're in that area, I don't think that we even are not eating.
1: Right. We're like, always eating.
0: Like it's like. So like last time we were down there, we went from the Everglades down to Key West to go to Dry Tortugas. Mm-hmm. And so you drive through the Keys till you get all the way to Key West at the end. Uh-huh. And I mean, like literally, we were stopping like every half an hour because we kept seeing little food, you know, stops along the way. Yeah. like
1: there's we're... a pot, there's a key lime pie place yeah, I mean, we or kept stopping. ice cream or, you know, there's a seafood place. We wanted shrimp, you know, we're, there's so much to eat down there.
0: Well, did we do anything else in the Keys besides eat? <laughs> No. Not really. We literally drove that road and every time we saw something that looked good, we stopped and we ate it.
1: Yeah. And if we lived down there, we would look that way too. (laughs) (laughs) We would look, you know, kind of pudgy. You know, and, you know, when they're already self-conscious about it, you know, we all know how we look, you know, we don't, nobody wants to be called a sea cow or a tourist <laughs> cow or anything like that. No, we need to take that stigma away.
0: Yep. Yeah. No more sea cow. You can call them whale beavers or you could actually just call them manatees because that's a pretty cool name too. <laughs>
1: manatees is pretty cool. But I mean, like I said, the reason I'm on this crusade is because I want people to be excited about going to see the manatees. And... You know, when you call it a sea cow, you know, it's just like, you know, you're taking time out of your fun day seeing alligators and crocodiles and you're going and seeing like your chubby uncle, you know, and that's you're, you're going to see your family for an hour. We're going to go see alligators and then we'll go see your uncle Alan and then, you know, we'll go back to the park. No, that's the least fun part of your day. You know, this was my experience, and I thought about this. I was like, okay, so I spent the whole day in Everglades, I'm seeing snakes, I'm seeing frogs, I'm seeing turtles, seeing crocodiles, you know, all these fun, beautiful birds, all and then you know mixed in a lot of things that could eat me. And then I get down there and I see the manatees, and I'm just like, and then you realize that they're mammals too, you know, and it's just like,, oh, you have this connection, it's like we're related. You know, and so maybe you are there to see your fat Uncle Alan, but, you know, it's okay because he's living his best life, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and you're just happy for him. And, you know, he's just happy you're there and you're just happy to be around each other breathing, you know, manatees are cool. Everybody needs to be excited to see manatees and rant over. But yes, go see the whale beavers. Hashtag whale beaver, no sea cow, you know, (laughs) that's a long
0: hashtag. (laughs)
1: Let's start that on Instagram.
0: <laughs> Maybe I'll post some photos of manatees with that hashtag. We'll see.
1: Yes. But just their noses because that's all you can see. Yeah, in Flamingo. yeah.
0: Yeah. The the water's pretty dirty. Okay. So speaking of our sea life family, I really love Everglades City. Uh-huh. I think it's super cool. Uh-huh. And we went down there this last. Uh, no, it wasn't the last time. The time before that, and we did a ranger-led boat tour. Yes. Out into the Ten Thousand Islands, and so we, cool. We saw dolphins.
1: Oh yes, and they follow you around and jump in the
0: surf. Yeah, it was awesome. Yes, I love dolphins. I love dolphins so much.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Speaking of, you know, mammals that yeah. you should be excited about. <laughs>
1: When you first said sea family, I was like, where's she going with this? I forgot you were talking about mammals.
0: (laughs) And I was like, oh yeah, dolphins are mammals. They are. And they're so cool. And it was so much fun. So that area is totally different than the rest of the Everglades. Mm -hmm. And so, and I would say like the town there is probably my favorite town by the Everglades.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's the best Everglades specific town.
0: It's not very close to like the main Everglades stuff that you do. Right. And so we don't usually stay there. It's really cute. Mm -hmm. They've got lots of little shops and stuff. They've got some really good seafood restaurants. And it's it's a fun little town. Mm -hmm. But from there, you know, you really like, there's nowhere. You don't really go into the Everglades hardly at all. You know, you drive down in there, you're just like on this really short road Mm -hmm. that ends at like the visitor center and the marina. But you can take boat tours from there. There's also
1: boat tours from there too.
0: Yeah, but those ones aren't in the Everglades.
1: Right, that's true. Good point.
0: But yeah, and so we went down there and we took the 10,000 Islands boat tour, which is a ranger-led boat. And so that was really fun. And they take you around and the scenery is completely different than the rest of the Everglades. Mm -hmm. In the 10,000 Islands, like there's just islands everywhere and you learn more about the mangroves Mm -hmm. and the importance of the mangroves in that area uh, and stuff like that. But then like you're out in the ocean and so you get to see ocean life and Mm -hmm. yeah we had so much fun watching the dolphins follow the boat and surf in the wake and stuff like oh it was so fun
1: it's really cool plus a lot of those islands if you listened to the episode the fun facts episode talking about kind of the native american history there some of those islands are the islands that were made by the native americans with shells oh really yeah Exactly.
0: Why didn't you tell me that when we were seeing them?
1: Because the, that's the job of the park ranger. And he did tell you that. Oh, did he? Yeah. I actually think, Call. Oh, I don't know if it's the name of this the area. It's north of Everglades City, the Marco Island or something like that. Yeah. I think that is also made by shells
0: made by shell I know it has lots of shells
1: right I could be incorrect and I could be corrected leave us a comment if I'm wrong but I'm pretty <laughs> all sure
0: these, all these people that like visit Naples and Margot Island and stuff are like no they don't know what they're talking about
1: <laughs> yeah but no these Native Americans they expanded their territory by making their own islands and so so those islands in the 10,000 islands area are made by Native Americans using shells.
0: Okay, well, I really liked that area. I think it's fun to explore. I think it gives you a different look because I feel like, you know, from like Flamingo, so Flamingo, you're down at the very bottom of the Everglades and you're right on the coast. Mm-hmm. But like, I felt like, and I do love Flamingo. Yeah. But I think if you're wanting to get like out into the ocean uh-huh. and, you know, see the ocean part of the Everglades, I like Everglades City, that area, better.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think so too.
0: So, but that boat tour was super fun and the captain was really nice. He let our kids drive the boat for a minute and (laughs) they were just like happy as a clam. They were so excited.
1: Yeah. Oh, it was a great boat ride. And all the scenery was really pretty. You learn a lot. You can see quite a bit of birds and you can see the double-breasted cormorant. I think you can see the anhingas, you know, they'll a lot of times they'll stand on kind of these big wooden, I don't know what you would call them.
0: They were like the markers. So you knew where you were.
1: Yeah. They stand up there. <laughs> I don't and don't know kind what of, they're called. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they dry off their wings and they just kind of sit there and keep their wings open. And you can see a lot of these gorgeous birds. It's really pretty.
0: Yeah. So that was one of my favorite experiences. I really liked that area. I liked taking the boat tour. There's so many different programs and and tours that you can do in the Everglades. And so, you know, uh, when you get online and start looking at them, you know, you ha- you've g- have so many options. Right. But that one was really fun for me.
1: Yeah. I love those too. One of my last adventures that I thought was so much fun was, I don't know if it was super fun, like as I was doing it, but like more as I recollect, the more that I learn about the Everglades, the more I realize how special some of those hiking trails are. And so I loved hiking in the everglades and because it was so much fun like going on the gumbo limbo trail being that's where it feels a little bit more like a swamp and the trees are really thicker around you and you know i think we saw a couple of snakes and a couple of lizards on that trail which are a little bit harder to spot sometimes when like when you're on some of the uh watery sections of the walkways what do you call them
0: the boardwalks. The
1: boardwalks, yeah. Plus, I just felt like I was Frodo Baggins and Sam with Gollum while they're making their way through the mists of the Dead Marshes. I don't know. I thought that was so cool.
0: On the Gumbo Limbo Trail? Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, Or especially on the mahogany hammock trail, like that one, I felt like, oh, man, this is so cool. I felt like at any moment I was going to have to duck under a tree because the Nazgul were looking for me in the ring, you know? It was just so
0: fun. See, sometimes I just, like, I don't understand where your brain goes while we're hiking. <laughs> I feel like I, like... You don't tell me any of these things and you're just like off in your own little like movie while you're hiking around (laughs) on these trails.
1: So usually because of the way that we travel, a lot of times Ash is you know, she's holding the camera and taking pictures and getting, you know, some fun shots with the camera. And I'm holding the boy's hands and hiking along and generally talking to them and telling them stories and things like that. And so my imagination kind of gets to run wild a little bit.
0: So <laughs> it's, it's just so funny to me. It's like every single time we talk about experiences in the park, you're like, and it reminded me of being in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I, just, I think that's funny.
1: Oh, man, it's true. Well, it's just like, i don't know i was thinking about Gollum. i could totally do my golem voice you know it's just like going through the dead marshes <laughs> orcs don't know it but go around for miles and miles <laughs> you know
0: <laughs> and then oh, wait, what is that? a hand pops up or something
1: <laughs> sam
0: it's a bug
1: <laughs> you know don't follow the lights.
0: Okay.
1: Anyways, my nerdiness that's so there it is so funny.
0: I have one really short story and then another one. Okay. Okay. So, first, we have to mention the birds in Everglades because that's a big thing. Right. But here's the thing I do not have the patience to look for birds and to watch birds. Mm -hmm. I've never been a good bird watcher but the Everglades had some really cool ones Mm -hmm. actually. You know, my problem is is like, you know, like sometimes like you'll hear the bird chirping and then you'll like stop and get out your binoculars and like try to find where it is in the tree and stuff like that's what I do. Don't do well. Mm -hmm. But if it's just like sitting in a pond a lot of them are in Everglades Uh then it's like, oh, cool, a bird, you know? (laughs) And so I just wanted to mention there's so many different ponds as you're driving down to flamingo mm-hmm. and you never know what you're going to see you know certain ponds kind of favor certain bird populations and stuff but like we stopped at one and we watched a pelican fish for oh, that a was long so cool. time yeah and it, like he was just like circling the pond and then he'd dip his head back down he'd come up and his whole mouth would be full of a fish mm-hmm. and then we'd watch him he'd you know he'd swim around and then he'd start to because they like swallow him whole uh-huh. right and so you could see it like going down its neck <laughs> this this fish going down its neck and then he'd keep circling and then Uh he'd get another one and i don't know we did that for probably a half an hour oh yeah
1: it was so crazy to see their neck it really was like on finding nemo when his dad marlin is like lodged in the
0: the pelican's
1: throat (laughs) i'm not going down yeah
0: it was crazy it was so much fun to watch so i really loved that Mm -hmm. Uh, i do appreciate the birds i'm just not so good at like waiting around and trying to figure out what they are right stuff but like it was really fun and it was really fun activity with the kids too they were super excited
1: yeah oh yeah that was super cool the last thing that i have on mine is an adventure we have not done but i want to do okay in the everglades okay and so I, I've talked to you about this. And you I think seemed, I know what you're going to you say. Seemed zero, you showed 0% interest <laughs> in this adventure. <laughs>
0: so. Yeah, I know what you're going to say.
1: Okay, so in the Everglades, you can, I mean, they have some hiking trails, but they also have, you know, you can kind of muck through the mud a little bit. But That's not what I wanted to do. They have like 100 miles of canoeing trails and waterways
0: oh so you don't want to go sluice logging no
1: i don't want to go sluice logging that
0: sounds terrifying to me no
1: that sounds awful and like all of the fake grass, the sausage, <laughs> the the, the sawgrass will cut you up. You yeah,
0: know? but you wear like special things and stuff, but the, like the rangers will take you through the water mm-hmm. hiking around. Yeah. I thought you were totally going to say you wanted to do that. And I was like, I just, I don't know. That's where it's like, for me, you're just inviting yourself to get like bitten by a water snake or like eaten <laughs> by an alligator.
1: Right. <laughs> you're going to just stumble upon something. Yeah. No, that sounds risky. No, yeah, there are a lot of people that do that and they have some specific areas where you can go slewing, is that what they call it. But no, what I want to do from Everglades City down towards like Flamingo, they have like a hundred miles of like specific tracks where you can take your canoe, you can go, you know, some of it's along the Ten Thousand Islands areas. But the part that I'm really excited about, the canoe trail cuts inland a little bit. If you can say that about the Everglades, it cuts inland and there's this area called Whitewater Bay and like the Midway Keys and there's no trails. There's like no roads. And I just imagine like that area has got to be where you'll find like the giant alligators and you'll find the giant, you know, creatures that oh, just I don't know, like. The movie anaconda you know that's that's where all the cool stuff is going to be because there's no people there and i just think that's where i want to go with a canoe and i could spend like five days and they have all these little backcountry camping spots that you can camp at with the family or whatever and i just think that would be so much fun to go along that route and to see all the super cool animals and i bet you there's stuff in there that hasn't even been discovered yet man
0: (laughs) that sounds scary too i it sounds cool once the sun
1: goes down and it's dark who knows what's coming at the water
0: and i think like i'm still harboring a fear of alligators Mm -hmm. a little bit Mm -hmm. because like just being like camping or like sleeping unprotected yeah in a land of alligators just sounds so frightening to me (laughs) but i would do it i'll do it i'll be brave I won't get in my head. I'd, I'll do it. Cool. Okay. Okay. I have one more story. And this story pretty much has nothing to do with Everglades. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so save the best for last, I guess. Okay. So when we flew into Miami, so we went to the Everglades last January uh-huh. or February, I think. Anyway, we've gone within this past year. And we flew into Miami and we got into our rental car and... And the radio was blasting, and it was like one in the morning. (laughs) I love that we're going to talk about this. (laughs) The radio was blasting, and it was on Spanish radio, and it was this super catchy song Uh that I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? I love this. And we're all just like, you know, bopping to the beat as we're driving to our hotel at 1 a.m. And I didn't think anything else of it. And then the next day, we got in the car. and We were driving down to the Everglades. Mm -hmm. It's like an hour from Miami to get down there. And this song came on the radio again. Mm -hmm. We hadn't changed the radio station. We're just listening to Spanish radio. And this song comes on again. And I don't speak a lick of Spanish. Uh Like, I can barely remember you know the word for thank you so (laughs) but i love this song and it's all in spanish and i'm trying to pick out words so that i can stick it into google so i can figure out what this song is Uh and i think we like i didn't do it that first drive down to the everglades and then i think we were going up to shark valley so that's like another drive from where we were staying and anyway in the course of like like i had heard the song maybe like four or five times Mm -hmm. on the radio and i still didn't know what it was and then i finally finally figured it out (laughs) and guess what it was ricky martin i was so excited we love you ricky (laughs) and so the song is here so i'm gonna tell you this because when you're in the area it's just so much fun to, you know, we've talked about in our favorites episode, like how much we love the culture of the Miami area and how much you can, you know, eat mm-hmm. <laughs> from culture to culture and stuff. But like the music is part of it. I mean, it's just part of the experience. And so the song is Canción Bonita and it's Ricky Martin and Carlos Vives. Uh-huh. And it is so catchy and so fun. Like we literally, so by the end of that trip, because we were in Florida, I think for like a week. Mm hmm. By the end of that trip we literally had just played that song and then we had to mix in despacito just like so that we would not have that song over and over and over Uh but like we would go between cancion bonita and despacito and literally that's all we listened to the whole time we are in the car. Uh-huh. And I love it because, like, we're driving and our kids are singing in Spanish. What they, have, we,
1: what they think is Spanish. And
0: they have no <laughs> idea what they're saying. Like, the words are not right, but they think they're speaking in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And we're all just like singing at the top of our lungs. To this Ricky Martin song Uh
1: So good Oh my gosh I absolutely loved it It was the funniest thing And if you were to like turn off the volume on the radio And just have us recorded singing It would sound so ridiculous But it was so much fun (laughs) Because
0: none of us speak Spanish And you would
1: think that we would mix in like some Shakira Or something like that But no, no it was literally Despacito And Canción Bonita (laughs) For like half an hour on the way back to the airport And we just listened to it on loop
0: Yeah. It was awesome. And we kept the station on the Spanish radio. And then also we came back and you started your own Canción Bonita radio station on Pandora. Yes. So you've been listening to all this Spanish music for like eight months.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so great. I love it because I speak a little bit of Spanish, but not enough to understand anything. And so it's great background music,
0: you know. Yeah, (laughs) we have no idea what they're saying. But yeah, I just like that to me. I will always equate that song to the Everglades Mm -hmm. and, you know, that South Florida area because we listened to it so much. But it made the trip so much fun. Yes. Listening to my beloved Ricky Martin, who I grew up loving. (laughs) My mom loves Ricky
1: named a vehicle after. Yeah. And so he's, he's been a big part of our life (laughs) and he, and he's a big part of the Everglades. And so (laughs) we just ask that on your trip to the Everglades, you know, play some Ricky Martin, do it for the environment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So anyway, that's a peek into what our trips to the Everglades look like. I mean, (laughs) That was such a fun part of our trip last time, but we have great trips to the Everglades. Like, I feel like every time we go back, we try something new. I'm slowly working my way into feeling more comfortable with some things like sluice logging or backcountry camping in that area. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll get there. I'll get there. I did the airboat. So, you know, I got over my fear of that. But yeah, just like, we'll keep going back. We'll keep doing more things. But really, like, whatever type of adventure you're looking for, you'll find it there.
1: Thanks for exploring the national parks with us.
0: Please share, like, and subscribe. And if you need any help planning your own trip, click on over to DirtMyShoes.com.
1: See you next week. Same time, same place.
0: And don't forget to get some dirt in your shoes.